So good morning. I'd like to welcome any uh, first-time visitors, or if uh, you've been here for a couple of times, uh, welcome. Uh, my name is Doug Howell, and I am a newly minted lay speaker in the Methodist Church. And uh, and uh, and I was saying this in the first service. I am the best example of the strong stance that the Methodist Church takes on recycling. I, I before I said you can tr- teach an old dog new tricks, and I'm going to try something new. I am truly a retread. So here we go. Uh, This morning, I want to do a pop quiz with you. If I asked you what the most powerful force on earth is, what would you say? Don't answer. I had answers before, so don't answer. Uh, And the caveat here is, what is the most powerful force on earth after God? Okay, so take God out of that, because that's the obvious answer, but after that, what would you answer? So... uh, what you might say, since we're on the southern tip of the, there we go, since we're on the southern tip of Tornado Alley, you might say the tornado. And arguably, uh, you know, that is, uh, that's the case. The, the most powerful tornado recorded was in El Reno in uh, May 31st of 2013, maximum sustainable winds, 296 miles an hour. At its widest point, it cut a swath of destruction through Oklahoma 2.6 miles wide, which is about the length of Central Park. Now, some of you all might say, what's wrong with cutting a destructive swath through Oklahoma? I am from there, so some of us might have a problem with that. Uh, Or what you might say is, since we're so close to the womb of hurricanes, the Gulf of Mexico, that maybe the hurricane is the most powerful force on earth. Uh, the most powerful hurricane ever recorded was a hurricane called Patricia in the uh, eastern Pacific Rim, sustained winds 215 miles an hour. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not so much the wind, it's the, the size of it. So sometimes it can deal out destruction over hundreds or even thousands of square miles. Now, I moved here from the Bay Area, so if, if maybe you have too, you might say that it's the earthquake. And, uh, you know, the, the earthquake is unpredictable, and it can radiate out uh, waves of destruction for tens or even hundreds of miles. And sometimes it's not even the waves that, those waves that make the difference. Sometimes it is the mudslides, the landslides, the tsunamis that follow. So just to give you kind of a frame of reference about the power of the earthquake, uh, the, the, drum that was, the bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima, a little boy, had... Uh, the, the force equivalent to 100,000 tons of TNT. The earthquake that hit Loma Prieta in 1989, I was there, was 6.9 on the Richter scale. So the equivalent is about a million tons of TNT. The earthquake that struck San Francisco in 1906 was a 7.8 on the Richter scale. So it was about 1,000 times more powerful, about a billion tons of TNT, and the most powerful earthquake ever recorded on Earth was in Chile in 1960 with, uh, on the Richter scale, 9.5 and a destructive force of 32 billion tons of TNT. So the right answer to the question, and you might want to choose one of those three or maybe you have a thought of your own, but I am here today to tell you that, in my opinion, the most powerful force on Earth is the power of choice. Now, we're in the middle of a a sermon series about the one-word 
that speaks to us. And so Pastor Laura asked me to speak about the word that I thought uh, that spoke to me the most. And for me, it's choice. So choice is all around us. Uh, Choice is, am I going to wear blue today or green? Uh, Chicken or fish? As we look around this morning, every occupied seat here, every empty seat here was a choice. Choice is binary. Choice is one or two, black or white, A or B. Uh, Maybe the the best way that, that binary was explained was by the Jedi Knight Yoda who said, do or do not, there is no in between. So it's either one or the other. If you go to Amy's Ice Cream and you're presented with dozens of choices and you're standing there and you're saying, I have to pick one of these out. The way that the human brain works is it looks at pairs and, it's, and it picks one, excludes it, and then moves on to the next one. And it does it in a very, very fast format. And, it's, and it happens so fast that you don't even notice it. Uh, the one exception to that uh, of not noticing it is if you, if you go shopping with your 12-year-old daughter, you will wish that that process would go even faster. <laughs> I know I just did it yesterday and it was... It was an experience. But every piece of pie that was ever eaten started with a choice. Every addiction ever started with a choice. And conversely, every recovery ever started with a choice. Every marital affair starts with a choice. Every reconciled marriage starts with a choice. Choices around us every day. Every sin ever committed started with a choice. Every sin that will be committed will start with a choice. Choice is so powerful because everyone can, has, will, and does it. Every person that's ever lived from Adam and Eve up through the the slaves that were freed by Moses from Pharaoh to us today, from the time we can talk, the time we can walk, until we draw our last breath, we get to choose. The power of I choose is completely and entirely within us. It's in our control and completely not in anyone else's control. The power of I choose is hard. Sometimes we say, sometimes I have said, but I didn't have a choice. And what I really meant to say was, at the time I thought I had only two bad options. The power of I choose is love. Two weeks ago, Pastor Laura, the word that spoke to her was love. We choose to love or we choose not to. The power of I choose is forgiveness. Sometimes what has been done to us can be forgotten and forgiven. Sometimes what we've done to others can be forgotten and forgiven. Sometimes what someone did to us or what we did to somebody else was so bad, cut so deeply, hurt so much that we have to choose to choose to forgive every day, maybe every hour, sometimes maybe even every minute. Therefore, choose can be repetitive. Each person has an average of 60,000 thoughts a day. That's one thought per second for every waking hour. Scientists believe that about 95% of those um, thoughts are repetitive. And on average, about 80% of those habitual thoughts are negative. And unfortunately, We are predisposed to have those negative thoughts. Our brains are hardwired to pay more attention to negative experiences than positive ones. 
Our brains are built to, um, our once upon a time is critical for survival. When we were foraging for food centuries ago, paying close attention to our surroundings, things that might place us in danger, like a saber-toothed tiger, the name for this kind of thinking is negative bias. MRIs show that negative thoughts stimulate areas of the brain that promote depression and anxiety, and they've also proven that positive thoughts shoot positive hormones through the body that result in feelings of calm and peace. Happy people question their own thinking. When we question our thoughts, we change our relationship with our thoughts. And we're able to choose what we believe and how we respond to things in our lives. And in that way, we reclaim the power of habitual thinking from all those daily negative thoughts. I choose equals control. I choose equals self-discipline. I choose equals I decide I own this. I decide that I own all of this. I choose equals decision. Mark Twain said, good decisions come from experience, and experience comes from bad decisions. And I can tell you that that is true. Wisdom is the repetitive succession of good decisions. Proverbs, when you distill it down to the core, is really all about wisdom. So the scripture reading today was really hard because of all those wise thoughts in Proverbs, it was tough to pick one. 20-year-olds that read Proverbs are puzzled. 50-year-olds that read Proverbs say, yep, that's a true story. That's wisdom. So it was tough to pick the one that was best for today, but as we learned that choosing is binary, so hopefully I did pick the right one. So the, the scripture reading for today is Proverbs 3, chapters 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the key word in there to me was trust. Trust and belief go hand in hand. Try to say you trust someone that you don't believe. Try to say that you believe somebody that you don't trust. The reason that choice is the most powerful force on earth is that it ultimately leads us to believe or to not believe, to trust or not to trust. Like choice, trust and belief are binary. I trust you or I do not. I believe you or I do not. So when you think of it, everything in our lives is built on choosing to trust and to believe. Every drive down a Texas road where the only thing that separates you from an oncoming pickup, from somebody you've never met before that you will never see again, the only thing that separates you from that oncoming traffic is a thin yellow line. You choose to trust and believe that that person is not going to veer into your lane and hit, hit you head on. Every relationship is built on, I choose to trust and believe. Every marriage is built on, I choose to trust and believe. And our form of governance is built on choosing to trust and believe, and that got a few laughs in the last service, so you can laugh now as well. But everything in our lives is is built on choosing to trust and believe. So why are these things the cornerstones of our lives? I believe that they're the the cornerstones of our life because God wanted it that way. Just like every muscle gets stronger, the more you use it, God gave us the power to choose because he wanted us to build the muscles of making better choices, the muscles of trust, the muscles of belief. 
Choice, trust, and belief are just building blocks. They're the building blocks of our lives for our whole lives, but they alone are just blocks, and ultimately what we need is something that holds all that together. And I believe what ties all that together is faith. Now, faith is something that's different to everyone. I can't tell you what it is or has to be to you, but I believe it is there for all of us. Faith to me is when I choose to listen to the only word that matters, the only voice that matters, and I believe and trust in what it tells me. Faith to me is being in the dirt, down, broken, defeated, no place else to go, nobody else to turn to. Jesus picks me up, pats me on the rear, and sends me back onto the field. Faith in God is choosing to trust and believe that there is no second string to take my place. Every leaf on the tree is there for a reason, to gather sunshine for that tree at some point during the day. There are no extra leaves on the tree. Faith to me is I choose to believe there is no reserve, there is no backup. If I whiff on what God wanted me to do today, that might be the miracle that somebody else had been praying for for a really long time. Faith to me is this, that no matter what, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how much the odds are stacked up against me, no matter how high the waves at sea are, no matter how low that lake gets, no matter what the doctor says, that God is with me, God has my back, and that God will never quit on me. To me, faith is binary. I can quit on God or not. I can never quit on God because I choose to trust and believe that he will never quit on me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as always, we thank you for all the blessings that you've given us. We thank you for all the gifts. Maybe the greatest gift you give us is the gift to choose, to choose our own path, to choose our own mistakes, to choose our own successes. And without the freedom to choose... We would just be living out a rote script of life with no opportunity to choose to move towards you. Help us, urge us, not just guide us towards the path that we know we should be on, the path that we discover after we choose to listen to your guidance. In your son's name we pray. Amen.